following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw, for our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. I'm going to read a couple of verses about what it is that baptism signifies. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's probably about as succinct a summary as you get in the Bible of what baptism means and what it signifies. Uh, really, baptism is a beautiful, visible picture of the transformation that happens in a person's heart when they become a follower of Jesus, the transformation of a person's life when they belong to Christ. And there's this downward and upward movement of baptism. When Andrew and Anna go into the water, when they go under the water, they are saying, I'm dying to my old life. That, that old identity, that old self that was outside of God's love, that was outside of relationship with God, that old identity is dying. And for them, they're, they're already Christians, so they're saying, this has happened in my life. That old identity is gone. I'm no longer the person that I was. That's what going under the water signifies. We don't hold them under for too long, but then they come up. So they're buried with Christ for a little while, and then they come up, and when they're, when they're raised out of the water, that signifies them being raised to new life. That Just as Jesus was raised to new life, uh, Andrew and Anna are saying they've received a new identity, that they've been raised with Christ, that they have a new self, a new identity, which in fact is a sharing in Jesus' own identity. They've been brought so closely into relationship with him. They share in Jesus' life. They share in his death. They share in his resurrection. They share in his relationship with the Father and in Jesus' own standing before God. So that in a sense now, when God looks at them, he sees Jesus. He sees them clothed in the garments of Jesus, radiating the glory of Christ. And so baptism gives us this beautiful depiction of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, using water, using the symbol of water, dying and rising. And it shows how those events have become personal in the lives of these individuals, how the death and resurrection of Jesus are not just things that happened 2,000 years ago, they are things that happened to us when we die with Jesus and we are raised to new life with Christ. Now, for a lot of people today, or at least some Christians, baptism has kind of become this optional extra Sort of a, a take it or leave it kind of thing in the Christian life. Even though it's pretty clearly commanded in the Bible and Jesus himself said, make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, even though you have passages like this one in Romans where it's clearly unpacked and described, uh, there are still a lot of Christians who see it, I think, as an optional add-on to the Christian faith. Not that important and something that we can sort of take or leave as we want to. And I want to mention, just as we go into this, four reasons why, in my experience and observation, four reasons why people don't take the step of baptism. 
And this is just from, from conversations and observations I've had within our own community of faith. Uh, you may have many other reasons out there, but these, I would say, are my top four reasons. And I'm really thinking here particularly of reasons that people who are already Christians don't choose to take the step of baptism. I'm not saying this in any way to be critical or derogatory. Please don't hear that. But in the hope that these reasons can give us a fuller picture of what baptism is and that maybe you may be able to find a way through some of these reasons as we talk about this. So the first reason that some people choose not to take the step of baptism is because they've been christened as a baby. I know this applies to, to many of you who have had that experience. You've been christened as a baby or you've been sprinkled in some form with some kind of water or oil or whatever it was in, in a context, maybe a Roman Catholic context or an Anglican or Presbyterian, whatever it was. And people feel on that basis, I've been baptized. I've had that experience as a child and therefore I don't need to take the step of baptism. Now, I don't want to negate in any way the importance of that act of christening or that act of sprinkling, whatever it was. That can be a powerful and faith-affirming time for the whole family. That's a time when your parents brought you forward and in some public way dedicated you to God. It's similar to what we do at Shaw with our baby dedications. The parents are bringing the child. They're publicly thanking God for the gift of this life. They're, they're, they're pledging this hope that the child will grow into that faith. And they're, in a sense, surrendering the life of that child to God. That's good stuff. That, that's a wonderful ceremony and a, and a wonderful faithful act for the family. But I think we could all agree that the, the act of christening is really more about the faith of the parents than it is about the faith of the baby, who obviously doesn't have faith yet because they're not old enough to have faith. So for that reason, it's not the same thing as baptism. And that's why we don't use water when we dedicate children, because we don't want to confuse these things. In the biblical sense, baptism is something that a person chooses to do. It's always on the basis of faith. If someone else does it for you without your permission, it's not baptism. If you just chuck someone in a pool and say, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's not, that's not baptism. You, if, it, if it's coerced, if it's not your choice, personally, it's not biblically Baptism. Baptism in the New Testament is something that happens on the basis of a person's faith. You decide you want to be a follower of Jesus, and in the New Testament, generally what would happen is you go look for the nearest body of water. That's the instinctive response. Where should I get baptized now? And you wade into the water, you make a confession of faith, and someone baptizes you. It all sort of happens at the same time on the same day. So if you're in that boat and you've been christened as a baby, you really don't need to see baptism as something that would undermine or negate your christening in any way. In fact, I would say that you could see baptism as something that completes your christening. That, that your christening was a pledge of faith on the part of your parents that you would own this faith for yourself. And now you take the step of baptism, you are doing exactly what your christening was pointing towards. Taking the step for yourself and saying, I'm owning this faith now, I'm a follower of Jesus, and on the basis of my faith, I'm going to take this step. So I just encourage you, even if you've been christened, even if it was called baptism at the time, I would encourage you, go back to the scriptures, especially the book of Acts. Look at the contexts that baptism happens in, and I want to encourage you to take that step for yourself. It doesn't take anything away from what happened to you when you were a baby. Okay. Second reason that some people don't get baptized. Some of you are nervous. Like, is this one going to apply to me or not? Here's the second reason. 
Some people feel they've been a Christian for such a long time, it doesn't matter. And, and some of you I know, you've been Christians for, for decades and decades, faithful Christians. And you're genuinely, you have the Holy Spirit, you're a follower of Jesus, uh, no one's questioning that. And for, for whatever reason, people get a long way through their Christian life and then feel, well, you know, at this stage, really. I mean, maybe I should have got baptized when I was younger, but I didn't. And now at this point, what's really the, the point of baptism? I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for 50 years. What does it matter? And I just want to encourage you that baptism has no expiry date on it. It, it really has no use-by date. As long as you are drawing breath, baptism is relevant and important for you. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how many times around the block you've gone, yes, baptism's not going to radically transform your life, perhaps, at this point. You're not going to wake up the next morning feeling necessarily different, but then you don't feel necessarily different when you get baptized, even as a young person. Baptism may, for you, simply be a step of obedience, but the fact that you haven't done it up to this point is not a good enough reason to say, well, I'm not going to do it anymore. We wouldn't do that with any other biblical commandment, would we? We wouldn't say, well, I haven't really loved my neighbor much up to this point. So really, at this stage, why, why, why start? You know, I mean, I've been a Christian for years. I haven't loved anyone, but, you know, it's, it's on past. See, why, why, why do we single baptism out? Maybe because it's a particular act. That's okay. But it's a command of Scripture. It's there. Jesus clearly told us to do it. And for you, it may simply be, if you've been a Christian a long time, it's a step of obedience for you. It's a step of faith towards Christ. And it's a part of your Christian discipleship. So if you have not taken that step and you are still drawing breath, it's not too late. It's not too late. The third reason that some people don't get baptized is because you feel like your child is too young. And this is obviously related to your child, not to you. You may or may not be baptized, but I know many of you have kids that you have sought to raise in a Christian home. And you've sought to do your best to pass on your faith to them and to talk to them about Jesus, to nurture them in God's love. And as they've grown up, maybe you see some signs of faith in them. For some kids, that can be a long process, like growing into a pair of clothes starting to own a faith for themselves. For others, it can be a moment, and, and some of you may have kids that have prayed a particular prayer or made a particular commitment, and you can point back to it. There's one night you prayed with them, and, and, and you know they became a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're just seeing a, a gentle journey. Maybe you're not seeing faith in your kids. But, but if, you, if you are seeing a heart that is turning toward God, it's hard to know when the best time is to talk about baptism. And what we tend to do is put it off because we're not quite sure what to do with it. So we tend to put it off until at least they're kind of late teenage years, if not adult. You know, That's something that can come much, much later. And I want to suggest that we should be talking to our kids about baptism much earlier, and even encouraging them to take that step earlier if they have a genuine faith. What does a child need to know or do or be or experience in order to be baptized? They need to have a heart that loves Jesus. That's they don't need to absorb a lot of complex theology. They need some awareness of their need for forgiveness, that they need God to forgive them for not loving him and others as they should have. They need to have a genuine desire to have a relationship with Jesus, to be God's friend, and to have a heart that is turned in that direction. And Probably only you as a parent might know when that is. But if you see that in your child, if you see them growing into this faith, if you see that they have a genuine relationship with God, even in a simple way, in a childlike way, I don't believe we should be withholding baptism from them. 
I think kids are perfectly capable of reaching that stage of spiritual formation in their primary school years. And I think we should at least make it a topic of conversation with them so that when they do get to that point, it's not like an ambush. It's not suddenly this weird thing that comes out of nowhere. Talk about your kids. Use the opportunity today if you've got kids here. Bring them around the pool. Talk to them afterwards about what's going on here. I know that one of the common objections here is parents feel like, oh, well, you know, if I do this thing, it could be really premature for my child. And what if they, go, what if they fall away down the track? What if they get to teenage years and they decide they don't want it? Well, let me put the question to you this way. What if they became a Christian now and then decided that when they're 16 years old, they don't want to become a Christian? For that reason, would you tell them not to become a Christian now? What happens down the track is down the track. What matters is their faith today. And in fact, I would suggest that baptism can be a really solidifying thing for the faith of young people, even children. It can help them to put a stake in the ground. Going through a ceremony like that that has some physicality to it can help to cement the faith that they have. It's not something that we should fear. It's not something that we should worry. If it happens now, what happens in five years or ten years? That's fine. We can pray that they grow into it more and more, that they perhaps can own that baptism more as they grow. But if you see faith in your children, if you believe that they genuinely have a relationship with God, I would encourage you to encourage them toward baptism. Now, please, I'm not saying to coerce. I'm not saying to manipulate. I'm saying to make it a topic of conversation and help them to see where baptism fits in the story of God, why it's important, why it's something we should value, why Jesus, in some of his final words, told us to do it. I think we should get this on the table with our children and talk about it as families, not encourage you to do that with your own kids. Well, now that the room's deathly quiet, let me mention the final reason why some people don't get baptized. And it's simply that they can't bear the public attention. And this might seem like a bit of a silly reason, but for those of you, you know who you are, for those of you that this is the reason, it's a big deal, right? And I used to honestly be more staunch about this. Just get over it. You've got to get over it. It's a public declaration. You've just got to do it. It's a sign of your sacrifice to Jesus. Well, yes, that's all very well. But if this is the big psychological barrier, for some people, standing dripping wet in front of a couple of hundred people is the stuff of nightmares. And it's a, you, you have to appreciate that that is a major hurdle to a lot of people. But I would say to you that if that is the reason that you're not getting baptized, you're not off the hook. There are other ways that we can make baptism happen. There are other ways. Don't tell Andrew and Anna because they're getting baptized today. But there are other ways that it can be done. I would always encourage people to get baptized in the context of our Sunday gathering because it's a great moment for the church family to surround you with their love and their support. And it's a, it's, it is a community thing in its heart. But if that's, if that's a deal breaker, if it's, if it's preventing you from getting baptized because of the, the publicity of the whole thing, I've baptized people in the sea. And that's a lot of fun when you have multiple waves crashing on you at the same time. I baptized someone in my parents' spa pool. If it's the cold water that freaks you out. There are ways of doing this. It's always a good idea to have a few people there as witnesses. Maybe gather your life group around you. Gather some close friends and family around you. A few people to share in that moment. But we can put that together in a way that is appropriate for you. And then, if I can be sneaky and ask that we can just take a couple of photos. 
so that we can put them on the screen or maybe a bit of video and bring the church family in on it somehow. Because it is something that's really good for the whole community to celebrate with you, even if that's seeing a photo or a bit of video the next week, if you can, if you can handle that. But really, if for you that's the reason, and it is for some, then let me know and we'll find another way and another setting to make it happen. So you might be in one of those four categories or there may be some other reason that I haven't mentioned and I want to encourage you not to push baptism to the back of your mind. It's maybe one of the easiest things in the Christian life to ignore because it doesn't affect your life day to day. You can get on with it, you can be a Christian, you've got a relationship with God, that's all fine. But if you've not taken this step of baptism and you are a genuine follower of Jesus, I really encourage you to decide today to do that. Don't walk out of here and just let it drift again. Decide today. You're going to make this happen you're going to find a way, and you're going to take the plunge. You don't need to wait for God to call you, for God to give you special revelation on this. He's done that. It's called Matthew chapter 28. Jesus has already spoken about it. He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God has given you a clear word. It's in his word, the scriptures. It's right there. The next step is yours. And let me just say finally that if you're here today and you're not a Christian, and maybe this all sounds a bit weird to you, why wouldn't people who follow Jesus do this? But if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to take this step today for the first time if you're willing to come into a relationship with Jesus. There's something powerful about these times. You'll find that as we stand there and, and, and see Andrew and Anna take this step as we hear from them in a moment. And today I want to extend to you the same invitation that's extended through the Bible to follow Jesus, to begin a relationship with him. To turn away from a self-governed, self-driven life and turn toward God. Run toward Him. Run into relationship with Him and demonstrate it in the waters of baptism. If you want to do that, even today, just come and tap me on the shoulder during this last song. We can make it happen. Or we could go and talk really nicely to Ken and he might set up the pool another day. But hey, the water's here. Today is the day. Let me know. And this is something that we are called to and it is a special, special thing in the Christian life and a special thing for our whole church community to be a part of. So let's pray together, and then we're going to hear from Andrew and from Anna. God, I thank you for the gift of baptism. Thank you for what a powerful sign and seal it is of our faith. Thank you for the way that we see in baptism the death and resurrection of Jesus played out before our eyes. Thank you for the, the way that in baptism we get a glimpse into what's happened in the hearts of people, a death and a resurrection. Thank you for Andrew and for Anna the journey that you've brought them on. I thank you, Lord, that some of the reasons I've mentioned as to why people don't get baptized have applied to them. And yet, they're taking the step today. And they've found a way through this in your strength. Thank you for bringing them to this point. And may they know that all of heaven is rejoicing today as they take this step and that we're standing with them in love and in support. We thank you, Lord, and I pray for anyone who has not taken this step that you'd give them the courage and the strength of your spirit to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources or to donate to our teaching resource ministry or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.